I want you to turn your Bible this morning to uh, Joshua, the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, chapter number six. And I'd just kind of like to uh, uh, stay a little while in, in this chapter. And uh, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I will read you uh, a couple of verses to get kind of a springboard, uh, maybe a... Uh, text for the message this morning. In your Bible, Joshua chapter number six, verse one. Now, Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thy hand Jericho and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Now, I've written in my Bible, just under that verse, what about that wall? You haven't heard anything about wall lately, have you? What about that wall? Joshua and those who have now crossed into Canaan come upon the oldest city at that particular time. If you read 10 different commentaries about the size of that wall, you'll get 11 different descriptions. But in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about the walls, plural, of Jericho came falling down. So after much examination, I'm confused about the walls. Many folks believe there were two walls surrounding that huge, tremendous city. Some declare that the outer wall was about six feet wide, 20 foot tall, with a approximately 15 foot walkway where the guards and the sentries walked. And on the inside of the outward wall was another wall that was approximately 12 feet thick and 30 to 40 feet high. Now, you say, how do you know that? I ask you, how do you don't know that? <laughs> so for lack of time and space, you can imagine any size wall you would want to imagine. But I've imagined as Joshua stood there and looked at that tremendous ancient city, realizing that that is their next objective. And the angel of God in chapter number five and the latter verses tells Joshua, take your shoes off because the ground on which you're standing is holy ground. And Joshua hits the ground and peels his shoes off because the captain of the Lord's host 
has just made a visit to General Joshua. And uh, the captain of the Lord's host tells Joshua, we have given you the city. It's yours. All you have to do is take the city. Now, I don't know, but if I'd have been Joshua, I would have asked this silly question. What about the wall? You heard anything about a wall lately? What about the wall? I know you folks think I'm going to get political, but I'm not smart enough to get political. But there's much being said today about the wall, and it has divided politically our country. But great walls have always occupied a huge Part in history. I don't know if you know this or not, but there was a huge wall surrounding the city of Jerusalem. Completely devastated by Titus and the Romans in 70 AD. Completely destroyed, if you please, by, by uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar in the uh, early part of uh, Israel's history. Rebuilt again by Nehemiah back in the book of Nehemiah. Walls have always played a tremendous part in history. Babylon, that great wonder of the world, uh, was surrounded by a wall and it was impregnable. You could not get by it. No way in the world could anybody conquer the city because the wall is there for defensive purposes. But one night while Belshazzar was having him a drunken stupor, the Medes and the Persians misdirected the river and they walked under the wall and conquered the city. Walls have always played a tremendous part in history. I don't know if you know this or not, but there is a great wall around China. If you do not believe that, you can ask our missionary. He has seen the wall. He has touched the wall. And did you know that that great wall, even though it is out of sight, probably out of our comprehension of how they built that wall, it was impregnated one time. People got in and, and, and wrought havoc inside the wall. Somebody forgot to lock the gate. Great walls have always been a part of history. There was a wall around Berlin. It not only kept people out, it kept people in. Someone said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. You remember that? Walls. I don't know why they're fighting so much. Walls have always been a part of history. By the way, that's how Israel is keeping the Palestinians at their side. There's a wall in Israel today. And then there's that Trump wall. But our text tells us of another wall. Now watch this. Verse 3. 
And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. The seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. It shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns. And when the when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. For just a little while, I'd like to talk to you this morning about meeting life's challenges. Do you have any? Oh, we can put all kinds of Adjectives to describe the challenges in our life. But in Joshua's life at this particular time, there's only one challenge, and that's the wall. That's the wall that's separating him from the city. There's a wall. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30 says that the walls of Jericho fell down. But first it says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. A wall of defense, a wall to keep the enemies out, a wall, if you please, a very deceptive kind of security, a wall that is built by man and only man alone and has left God plumb out of the picture, if you please, a wall to hinder God's people. Jericho had their wall. And their faith was in their wall. Their faith was in something that man has constructed. They felt secure behind their man-made endeavors to keep them happy, healthy. A wall that could be seen. A wall that could be touched. The best man had to offer. A wall, if you please. A wall that was deceptive in its security. Just think about it. Why, we can eat, drink, be merry behind this wall. There ain't nobody can get through this wall. I wonder if maybe some of us occasionally might get complacent and comfortable behind our man-made walls. Nobody can touch my marriage until the wall lays crumbling in divorce. No man can touch my materialism until we read of bankruptcy. Our man-made walls, we think, is sufficient for us 
Why, we don't need God. Why, we have social media. All we got to do is Google it and find out how to take care of it. I tried to find the golf channel on Google yesterday. They didn't know where it was. So I just sent them a message. Neither do I. Thank you. Goodbye. I didn't ask. What's her name? Didn't ask Siri. I'm afraid she did it. Cuss me out or something. <laughs> a wall of defense. Yes, yes, a wall of defense. Jericho had faith in their wall, but it was an unfounded faith. It was a faith in the physical and the natural. It was a faith, if you please, at, that is seen, that is tangible, such as maybe a job, such maybe as a bank account, maybe such as a skill that you might have accumulated in your work, in your workforce, or a family, a government, a 401k. It's just a wall. But boy, we're secure behind that wall. Are we not? Man-made they are. But I like what the Bible says about Joshua. Joshua had faith in his God. And by faith, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. I read today, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. My hope is built in nothing less but Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name. Because on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. I don't stand behind a man-made wall. I do not rest upon a man-made foundation. I'm standing on the rock, the rock of ages. Faith that overcometh the world. I want that kind of faith. I need that kind of faith to deal with challenges of life. Whether it is physical, whether it is emotional, whether it is domestic, whether it is material, whatever it might be, I need overcoming faith to deal with the walls that the devil has thrown up in my face that I've got to have falling down if I'm on a progress in my Christian walk and my Christian uh, uh, life for God. Faith. Overcoming faith. You know, when you think about it, faith is really simple in its activity. What do I got to do to have overcoming faith? Listen, read the instructions. <laughs> Has anybody ever bought something? Tried to put it together. Then you have a very intelligent wife walking around the house. And she looks at everything all over the floor and hears you not cussing. But where you spit, you burn a hole right in the carpet. And then she says, did you read the instructions? Yes, I did. Overcoming faith 
that enables us to handle the challenges of life, the walls that seems to be absolutely keeping us from doing what we need to do, overcoming faith is as simple as reading the instructions. Here they are. Verse 3. Got this now. You need to see this. Ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, go about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. Not two days. Well, What about three days? I've got an appointment the fourth. What about a day and a half? I got to work overtime tonight. I wonder why we think the instructions are not important. And we can make up our own instructions on how to knock the walls down in our life. I thought that was a good point. Now, to help you a little bit, if you'll turn over to Hebrews chapter number 11, I want to show you two verses. Overcoming faith is as simple as keeping the directions. Now, watch this. Hebrews 11 and verse 29. Now I think it says there something about the Red Sea. Is that right? It says, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned in. Now verse 30. By the way, you can write between 29 and 30, 40 years have passed. 40 years between verse 29 and verse 30. And by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Now the they at the Red Sea and they at Jericho are not the same they's. The they in verse 29 are the they who left Egypt. And in 11 days... They were at Kadesh Barnea looking across the Jordan River into Canaan. Somebody got the bright idea of sending some spies into the land. And they sent 12 spies. And they came back with reports. Man, you ought to see the vegetable department 
in H-E-B. The grapes are so huge that it takes two men to put a clump of grapes on a pole to carry. Boy, it is a land flowing with milk and honey, but the giants are there. And so they decided to get rid of Moses and Aaron and get them another preacher and take them back to Egypt because they didn't want to fight the giants. Now in Numbers 13 and 14, sometime when you have time you can read it. And God says, because of your rebellion, because you have a lack of faith, because these walls have just absolutely knocked you off your kilter, Nobody is going to go into the promised land over 20 years of age. And what was an 11-day journey because of their faithfulness, faithlessness, God turned them around and they wandered in the desert for 40 years until everybody who came out of Egypt above 20 years of age were dead. So verse 29, they started right, but they didn't read the directions. (coughs) Now this they over here, got a new shot at it. It's all of those that were over 20 and had been born during the wilderness wonders. And now Joshua comes to Kadesh Barnea again with a different crowd. And across the river with the priests they go. And now They've got the Red Sea. Now they have their, their challenges. Now they can either follow the directions or they can stay home tonight. They can follow the directions and stay home Wednesday night. Follow the directions, give God what's his, or keep his in your pocket. You've got the choice. But they had to just simply obey the directions. One day, two days. Three days. I'm tired. I think I'll stay home today. No walls fell flat. Overcoming faith is just simply keeping the directions. I don't know why you think you're special. 
and you don't have to do what God says for you to do, and God's going to bless you anyhow. When he could have killed as many as two and a half million in the wilderness. So you don't like my wall sermon. Secondly, overcoming faith, if you please, is foolish in its explanation. Joshua lays out his battle plans. Take the army of Israel, led by the priest carrying trumpets of ram's horns go around the city seven days on the seventh day go around it seven times and when you go around seven times have the priest blow the horns have the people shout and the wall will come coming down now isn't that really idiotic and stupid to think that these gigantic walls are going to come falling down. I would think that's probably uh, totally impractical, pointless, frustrating, and at least idiotic. Here we've got an army. Why don't we just take the dumb city? All we've got to do is just sit out here a while and let them run out of supplies. And then climb over the walls, whoop them, and open the gate, and we've got the city. I wonder why that wasn't the way it happened. Footnote, that wasn't God's way. God don't always do things like we think it would be smart. In the campaigns throughout the Bible, if you read it very much, you'll find that God does some marvelous things in the most ridiculous kind of ways. We think about a fellow by the name of Gideon who has 32,000 marching army ready to go against the Midianites. And God says, you got too many soldiers. Reduce it down to 300, if you please, and then attack by night, not using weapons, using lamps, hidden under water pitchers. Now, don't you think that would be a good idea? Now, when it gets real dark, and you've got all these Midianites surrounded with your 300 guys with pitchers over your lamps, your candles. Tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go out there in the darkest part of the night when it gets real dark and everybody's asleep, I want you to break those pictures, raise those lamps up and yell as loud as you can. That is God's military campaign to defeat the Midianites. Actually, sometimes faith is kind of foolish. You think about a teenage lad, redheaded, 
probably freckle-faced little fella who was visiting the war one day. And out of the valley came a big, ugly, giantish breath smelt like a backfire from a Model A automobile. <laughs> and he's yelling and screaming blasphemes against the God. And here this little freckle-faced little boy says, I'll fight him. And he goes down there and God takes that pebble and place it in a very strategic place. Faith. It just simply fall in the directions regardless of how foolish it might seem to you like coming to service three times a week. Why do I need that? To overcome. Tithe? Why should I tithe? They got a lot of money. How do you know? You ain't looked at the books. Faith. Overcoming faith. Sometimes, kind of hard to explain. It's foolish, if you please. In the war for our souls between God and Satan, battle for our destiny was at hand. God worked out a plan. He didn't kill Satan and throw him into the pits of hell. He took his own dear son, put him on the golden staircase in glory, and he walked down and got off in Bethlehem's manger and lived 33 and a half years on this earth. And God nailed him to an old rugged cross on the Jerusalem highway so that everybody could see him and gape at him as he walked by. And he, who knew no sin, became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You tell me if that is a, is a I, I can't comprehend that kind of strategy. You can't figure out the mind of God. You think about it if you would please. God launched a campaign some many years ago and he had the idea that maybe he could win this world to Jesus Christ. He had a plan. His plan was to take 12, 12, not so smart kind of individuals, if you please, just 12 men from remote providence of the great Roman Empire. Just 12 men. That's all they were. They were a sorted lot of losers, if you please. Misfits. But because those 12 men did God's work, God's way, in 30 years, they transformed the Roman Empire. And eventually, the whole world for time and eternity. That's God's plan. What's your plan? What's the battle plan of God to conquer your Jericho? May I ask, are you willing to allow him to lead you? Are you willing to allow to uh, look past uh, your feelings and your strategy? Because faith always looks foolish 
to the world. I read the other day, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. <laughs> Could I ask you a question in closing? What about that wall? You're tired of climbing and beating and kicking on it yourself? God is in the wall handling business. <laughs> Amen. By faith, the wall of Jericho came falling down. Now, don't forget the rest of the verse. After, after they had compassed around about the city. Huh? Faith don't work without obedience. That's my last point. Nice to work into it that way, wasn't it? What an accident. Overcoming faith is complete in obedience. Complete in obedience. I wish there was a shortcut on how to become spiritual. Because if there was a shortcut, I promise you, I would have found it in 50 years. When I was in school, uh, you, you say, which school? Kindergarten. I graduated after several years, not because I was stupid, I just loved the teacher. In college, they asked us to write a report on a book. I'm from Tennessee. I'm a hick, definition of redneck. They asked me to write a report on a book that I had never heard of. I'd never heard of the author, the publisher. I didn't care about any of them. But they said to get out of school, I'd write a report on the book, War and Peace. Have you ever seen how thick that sucker is? It's worse than most dictionaries I'm talking about. Well, I thought, thought to myself, there ain't nothing to this deal. Then I looked at that book. I read the first four or five pages. And I said, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. Then somebody said they made that great big thick book into a little bitty book. My faith began to grow. <laughs> now, mind you, I don't say this to our young folk, but grades wasn't a goal for me. Getting out was a goal for me. A D just looked as big as an A to me. As long as the back of the report card said, He's a man of character. You know, he didn't spit at the teacher all that. Time. So I bought that little bitty book and wrote the report. But I think maybe that's a tendency to most of us. 
is to take the easy way out. And if our walls cannot be conquered, uh, we'll just build us a tent on this side of the wall and be satisfied. But there's no shortcuts. The Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. After 50 years of reading this book, I see a thread of obedience running from Genesis to the Revelation. Conquering faith is completed in its obedience. I'm going to read for you verse number 12 and 15. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with trumpets. I don't know about you, but if I'd have been in that wall, in that city, and these seven priests starts marching around that wall, blowing continually these horns. Have you ever heard any Israeli music? I mean, it ain't something you dance to, you know. It's always written in a minor key. And they blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them, but the reward came after the ark of the Lord. The priests going on and blowing with the trumpets, and the second day they compassed the city about a city once and returned to the camp, so they did six days. It came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. Verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. The threat of obedience runs through this book because God will not bless disobedience. Faith is always complete in obedience. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 and 15, when Joshua met the angelic messenger, it told him, what he was to do. The Bible says that the angel told Joshua, take off the shoes, the place where you're standing is holy ground. And the last three words of that chapter, Joshua did so. He obeyed. Faith always obeys. When the priests were given their strange orders in verse number six, they obeyed. When the people were told to follow the priest, as ridiculous and idiotic as it might sound, they obeyed. 
when they were told to keep silent as they march around the city. Can you imagine a million and a half people not saying a word while they marched around the city? I'll tell you one thing, my grandkids wasn't in that bunch. <laughs> Neither was Ginger. <laughs> she knew that was coming. When they were told to keep silent, they obeyed. When they were told to give the city's wealth to God and not to put it in their pockets, and they obeyed. They were to obey till the wall fell. They were to obey every day till the wall fell. Just to obey wasn't enough. They were to obey till God did what he said he would do. And the walls came tumbling down. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about not two days. Our halfway obedience is still disobedience. After they had compassed three days, no. After they had compassed about seven days, the walls. You want to meet the challenges in your life? It may seem foolish the way God would have you do it, but that's God's way. I close, and this is only the second time. That's good for me. Imagine God has written you a letter today. The letter starts, good morning. I'm God. Today I will be handling all of your problems. Please remember, I don't need your help. Just your obedience. And if Satan delivers a problem today that you cannot handle, do not attempt to resolve the situation yourself. Kindly put it in the SFJTB box. What does that mean? Something for Jesus to do. Just put this satanic, unannounced problem in the box. Something for Jesus to do. It will be addressed in my time, not yours. Warning. Once it is placed in the SFJTB box, don't try to hold on to it or don't try to remove it because this might detain or postpone action on our part. P.S. I can be reached by prayer anytime. 
Uh, what about them walls? Or what about that wall? You know, the wall that's keeping you from coming to Christ and being saved. Why don't you let God knock it down today and let him save you, forgive you, and satisfy you?